You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, a 2019 year-end review and how investing in yourself is the greatest gift. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Hey, 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 journeyers. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast. I'm really excited. First of all, if you're even listening to this the day it comes out, so this episode gets released on Christmas Day. And so if you're listening to this, you are a hardcore journeyer to listen to this on Christmas Day. But I suspect that maybe you may be listening to this later. But you know what? I'm really curious. If you are listening to this on Christmas Day, tag me on social media. I just want to know who you are because you're a diehard journeyer. So I want to know who you are. I thought I would do a recap episode on kind of what has happened for me in 2019 and really to share the more behind the scenes. I know a lot of you guys have been following me from the very beginning when I first, first started two years ago. And so a lot has changed. I'm still evolving. And especially in the business, how I'm running the business, how my finances are affected by making this leap that I did a little over a year and a half ago into entrepreneurship full time. And so I want to share a little bit about what has been going on there for you. Now, hopefully you can also apply this to your life, your situation. I always aim to even if it's a solo episode, it's something to also help you that you can apply in your life. Now, this is episode 132. So if I mention something that you want to hear more about, go to the episode show notes. So that's going to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 132. You'd put that in your internet browser. And then if you're listening to this on anywhere you listen, there should be episode show notes that will direct you to that. So there should be notes where you can go to. Okay, so first of all, I hope you are enjoying your holidays and you are really reflecting on your year. I think it's really important to think back on what worked well and things that you can improve on. So that way, as we head into the new year, you have a better sense of what you want to focus on, what you want to avoid and not do. I think it's really important to do that. And so I'm going to use this episode to do that for myself and talk more off the cuff. I have some notes. I have some numbers that I want to share with you. Like, so I'm really peeling back like exactly what Journey to Launch as a business made <laughs> in 2019. Cause I think it's interesting to share. Cause you know, you often see these taglines and headlines of people saying, Oh, I run a six figure business. You know, I made XX amount, which is great. But I think behind the scenes, you know, there are expenses. There are a lot of expenses um, and time that go into running your own business. And so what is said as a six-figure like business or, you know, you make $100,000, that's not how much the actual owner of the business brings home because you have to pay for all the expenses. You have to pay for taxes. And so oftentimes what looks like a gross profit of a lot of money is really the net when it comes back to the business owner is not a lot of money. So I wanted to share a little bit of that because I think it's been huge for me as someone who started out talking about personal finances and my own journey. And so the biggest thing for me when I started was I was working in corporate America, I was earning good money, and I was able to save a lot of money. So I was able to save, if you didn't know this already, um, $169,000, my husband and I in the span of two years. That was because, you know, I had a great income and my husband has a really decent income for a teacher here in New York City. So we were able to do that. And 
the interesting thing about it is as I started to share more of my personal finance journey and develop Journey to Launch, I knew that I wanted to do this full time. I knew that I wanted this to be my thing. And in order for this to be my thing, like Journey to Launch to be my full time thing, I could not work where I was working anymore, which meant giving up a really cushy, good salary to do that and to kind of jump into this unknown world of entrepreneurship and running a business. And so I knew I'd be giving up a lot of income in the initial stages to do this, which meant that our personal finance journey would change a lot. So instead of when I first started saying, oh, I'm going to invest and save aggressively and retire, quote unquote, you know, retire, um, just really, which for me meant quit my job by the time I was 40 years old, that was only going to happen if I was able to invest aggressively, like a lot of money over a short period of time. And since starting the business and deciding to go full-time here, we don't have that kind of money to invest into retirement accounts anymore, quite frankly. My husband still works and luckily we have, we're all under his insurance. So if you don't know, we have three kids, Zach, Luke, and Blake. They're pretty young. They're five, three, and one. Then we live in New York City, very high cost of living area. We have a mortgage. And so what my husband brings home takes care of I would say 75% of the expenses. So me leaving my job left still a gap on how we could cover our expenses because quite frankly, when I left, Journey to Launch was not consistently earning money. So you know how if you were to logically maybe think about leaving your job, they say that your business should be replacing your income and all that. And so for me, that wasn't an option because I had a deadline to have to leave my job because I knew I didn't want to go back after I had my third baby, Blake. I knew that I wanted to stay home and work on the business and be with my children. So I had a deadline. I didn't have time to wait for the business to pick up speed. And honestly, like I was so burned out by doing everything, by my two-hour one-way commute, by working full-time in a very high-demanding job and then journey to launch. Like I just couldn't do it. So I did make the decision to leave before Journey to Launch was earning a sustainable income. But I knew the potential was there. So I do want do want to be clear. I didn't like just jump off like blindly without anything. I knew that the potential was there. I knew that the brand, myself, everything was picking up steam. And I knew that if I had more time to focus on Journey to Launch, that I can make this work. And so that's what I did. I left my job without really having Journey to Launch really be having a sustainable like income. But I knew that it was possible. And so what we did was when I knew that that's what I wanted to do. So while I was pregnant with my daughter, we really started diverting money from our retirement account. So where we used to save aggressively to, you know, in our our 401k and our 403b plan and 457 plan, we really stopped doing that and started saving more in cash so that we could cover the expenses that my husband's income couldn't cover. And I say this, I did this, I have to go back and see which episode. So if you wanted to hear like how I quit my job and how I prepared for it, I will let you know. I'm actually going to look up that episode number now so you can check it out more of the behind the scenes. The episode where I quit my job and share it is episode 61. So you can go to journeytolaunch.com slash episode 61 to check it out. But really, it was about saving enough cash so that I could have enough money for at least two years to work on Journey to Launch without feeling pressure of having to earn money. Like, obviously, that is my goal is to earn money and to provide a life for myself and to get back on track with investing and saving. 
but I knew that I didn't want it to have like be pressured. So we saved enough money to create a runway to do that. So we to cover the expenses that my husband's income could not cover and then to still live our lives. So we haven't really cut back. So since I quit my job, it's not like we downsized or did anything different in the way we spend. We're conscious um, because it matters more because it's still, even though I planned, <laughs> so here's a crazy thing. We planned, and I knew that this would happen, that our savings would start to decline because we're taking money out of our savings to cover the expenses that my husband's income um, is not covering. And I knew that. That was the whole plan. But to see it happen every month is still nerve-wracking because, you know, I'm used to saving money and seeing accounts grow. And so to be in a predicament or in a place where we're not really investing in our retirement accounts at the time, and then now our savings are going down, um, which is right on plan. There's nothing that's happening that's really not um, out of what we thought would happen, um, except for a couple of things. But it's still scary. Um, And so I thought it would be interesting to kind of just share the the behind the scenes of that because I think the headline of, oh, I quit my job and I'm earning six figures, which by the way, the business has not earned gross, I'd say six figures yet. I'm going to share the exact number. Like it sounds good and it is good. Like, let's be clear. I'm very happy with the kind of freedom that I have now. I'm very blessed. So there is a lot of upside to taking a leap like this. If you are financially prepared and have things in place. But there's also a lot of like st- stress and worry. Um, and I try not to let that overtake me because then it's it really is counterproductive. It doesn't help me. But, you know, I, I sometimes can't help but wonder what if. But then I always say to myself, OK, worst case, I said this in um, when I talked about quitting my job. Worst case is that I'd go back and get a job. Um, but I need to be honest about just the feelings of not knowing sometimes how this is going to pan out. I have a strong belief that it will. There's no way God has brought me this far for it not to work. <laughs> There's so many amazing things that happen to me. That, and, and I'm just like, this is not a coincidence. This is like a sign. And so they happen all the time for me. And um, whether they're opportunities or people that I meet or when I'm having some moments and someone just like says something on social media about like how an episode has changed their life. I have friends who it's so weird when I actually know people in real life that listen to the podcast, I get all nervous because I'm just like, (laughs) you know, so when I see someone and they're just like, or they text me, like I have a friend and she's just like, listen, you have a gift. Like I listen to your podcast. I tell everyone about it. It's because I forget that people in the real world who know me also listen. It makes me be like, okay, there is a reason I am doing this. Like keep going. So a lot of rambling (laughs) to say and to kind of give you behind the scenes of the feelings that have been going on. But one of the things that I wanted to do in this episode is talk about like all the like the good stuff that has happened in 2019. And it's been a really a year. This is the first full time year of full time entrepreneurship for me. And so getting into the routine of um, balancing, taking care of the kids. So thank God I have my aunt. So I have my aunt who helps watch um, my youngest, my two youngest when I'm working because there is no way I can get anything done if my kids were here. But my oldest goes to school, my middle goes to school a few days a week, and then my youngest right now, the baby, um, is home. So I do have help when I am working, which is amazing. But I'm able to take my kids to school every day And for the most part, pick them up. And that is, I mean, I can't even describe what that feels like. And then what happens is, and, you know, as working parents, because I was a working parent outside the home, I just think it's crazy things you have to miss out on 
And yes, you're providing a life and it's necessary. So listen, you got to do what you got to do, especially as a single parent. Oh my gosh, there's so much riding on you. But I think about all the events that happen at my children's school in the middle of the day or early afternoon and late morning. And I'm just like, if I had a job, like I'd have to miss like a job outside the home where I was didn't have this flexibility, I'd miss 90% of it, which I know that's the case for a lot of you guys. And so that's what I'm saying. Like, even though this road that I'm on is um is scary, I can't, I still have, there's a lot of benefits that I just have to also shout out and say that I'm blessed to have. Um, So I'm very happy that I get to be with my kids in this capacity. But in general, having like this first year being an entrepreneur, like full-time, I'd say, has been um like crazy. So I'd had to definitely learn um, better time management because it's really easy. I get distracted really easy. I can be working on one thing and then a million other things pop in my head. And then I'm like, oh, I go to the next thing and I forget that I was working on something else. And so it's been really important for me to stay focused um, and I'm still working on it. And I've been trying to implement ways in which I can stay focused. So now I use a planner. I actually use the um, Michael Hyatt full focus planner. So I use this planner on a daily basis. I actually started um, more like in September this. So it's kind of did it late in the year, but it really has been helping. And I am one that is not really into planners. I'm the kind of person where I just want to get things done and work. Like, so initially my first thought when I thought about planners and sitting down was like, oh, I have to spend so much time to sit and plan. Like I might as well just start. And it's, it's interesting because it's like money, just like a budget where, you know, you should sit down and be looking at your budget and reconciling and thinking about how you spent and how you're going to spend going forward. And that really helps you with your money. Same thing with your time. You have to plan your time. And so I used to think that planning my time made things restrictive because I like kind of just doing things on the fly. You know, I don't, I've always had the spirit of, I want to do what I want to do. Right. And so I will not be a slave to anyone's calendar or, or even my own schedule. That's kind of like my feeling. And I imagine that's the way some of you guys feel with budgeting is thinking, well, you know, I, I don't want to have to be so confined, but I say this all the time with budgeting that it doesn't confine you only it's the way you, if you think it will, it will. But if you look at it, you switch your perspective and you see that it's not really confinement. It's, it's just saying you have the, you have as much leeway to spend as much money in these, in these confines, right? Like, so you can have freedom, but it's within a limit. So therefore, when you are spending the money, there is no guilt because you know exactly how much you should be spending. What happens is without the budget, without a spending plan, when you spend, you don't know if you can afford it. You don't know if you can do it. And that gives you more anxiety. Same thing with the schedule. Whereas I thought putting myself on a schedule and mapping things out would be just not good. And that's not the case. Like for me, knowing exactly that I have one hour to do this um, helps because or knowing that these are my priorities for the week and for the day helps because once I'm done the important task, I can move on to the next. So what I'm actually going to do is I'm going to share like the resources that I've been using for my finances and productivity. I'm going to share that with you guys. You can go to journey to launch dot com slash tools um, and you'll get just like a couple links of the things I use. So the Michael Hyatt full focus planner is one of them. Um, and so you should definitely, um, if you're looking for a planner and just something to help organize your life, if you, especially if you're not a planner person, because I was not a planner person, I still am not, don't consider myself a planner 
person. But if you want to start doing something, that may be a good way. Um, and it doesn't have to be a planner like that. It can be just putting things in your calendar to make sure you're doing what you need to do. So I've started to plan out my days more. I'm still, uh, I got to be honest, it's still hard for me, but I force myself to do it just like I force myself sometimes to reconcile my budget when I don't feel like it because it's a necessary thing to get me to be the best that I can be and the most productive. I've also wanted to talk about just like some milestones. So in 2019, the podcast, Journey to Launch podcast, surpassed the 1 million total download mark. That means that the the podcast, the episodes have been downloaded, streamed, listened to more than a million times. Um, and so that's been exciting. My goal is to definitely get to the next million faster. <laughs> so we're going to do that by you sharing the podcast. But that was, I mean, it was such an amazing uh, experience to kind of have that happen just a little over two years since launching the podcast. So that was a major just milestone for 2019. I also did one of my first uh, major speaking events in 2019. So I do speak and I host workshops. Um, I've hosted workshops and I've done things at the wing. And for this major speaking gig and so for other things I've done, like, so I'm used to speaking, but this was like, for me, a more major one because I prepared for this speech. I, I hired someone to help coordinate and help me prepare for the speech. Like I invested in this speech and so it went really well. I spoke at the Financial Health Network's member summit, which is pretty awesome because I thought the topic really aligned with the kind of things I want to share more in the world, which was building authenticity and trust, how companies, financial companies can do that with their customers. And I just had really a good time doing that and got such great feedback uh, from the organizers of the event. And so I'm really excited because I know that that's going to be happening a lot more. I'm going to be speaking more in 2020. So I am really excited about that, um, that I was able to do that and conquer it and really get the feedback where it was like, yes, this is, you did well, you should be doing more of this. Also partnered with some cool brands and companies this year. So that was really nice. As you know, part of my whole thing about starting Journey to Launch and especially having this runway, so not feeling pressured to have to make money. Like at the end of the day, I do want to be clear, like this is a business and it's not like a charity case. I often think that, you know, I am here promoting you guys to be financially free and independent. And you you know by now that that's what I want for you guys. And I also have to be real with myself that I don't want to be in the position where I am like the poor entrepreneur because I, you know, I'm telling you to go charge what you're worth and to go negotiate and to and to make money and money is not bad. Like I'm telling you that like that's my charge to you in this world. And I think it's really inauthentic and just doesn't set a good example if I myself am not living in abundance and sharing that. My whole goal is to make money and to secure my family. Um, and so for me, like one of the things I don't want to do is I want to do that in a way that feels good. I don't want to sell my soul doing it. I don't want to promote things that I don't believe in. That's not to say that I might not, I might make choices and partner with companies or brands that maybe you don't like, right? But for me, there's a reason why I'm doing it because I do feel like there's a segment of my audience that needs this kind of help or service. And so I've been able to partner with um, brands and companies this year that has been pretty cool because I love when I can find brands and companies that are in alignment or I know can offer something to my audience that is helpful. 
Um, and I do expect more of that to happen in 2020. I do turn down a lot more companies than I say yes to. Even for the podcast, if you notice, the podcast has not had that many sponsorship, but I do get approached to do things. And I'm just like, eh, I don't think this really aligns well with what what I want to say. Um, but do expect that that's going to happen a bit more in 2020 when I find and can partner with companies that I believe in and believe in you guys and that really want to help you. I um, said no to a lot more things in 2019. So that was pretty cool and nerve wracking, I must say. So when I first started, my I said yes to everything. I said yes to most speaking events or if someone wanted me to do like an online summit and all this stuff because it was all about getting out there and networking and connecting. And I used to think like, well, I need, you know, these opportunities, like I have to be so hungry for them and say yes to them because like if I don't, like how will I get to the next level? And I have since like evolved because I can't say yes to everything anymore. There's no way, especially free things. Like I can't say yes to a lot of free things anymore. Um, and I shouldn't have to, right? Um, I, sh- I feel like I should be paid for my work and the kind of quality that I can bring to whatever if someone's wanting me to come on and speak or to do something for them, right? And so that has been a switch because previously kind of like saying yes to a lot of things to now saying no, and not just like no to do free stuff or speaking, but like even no or stepping away from masterminds or things where it's not even like that it's going to take too much time, but it just doesn't feel good for me to do. Part of the reasons that I had such friction with some of the things that I was doing previously was that like, I felt like I was doing all these things I did not want to do. And I didn't really have control over it. And now becoming full-time entrepreneur and boss, right? It's like, I don't want to create another environment where I'm hating 99% of the work that I'm doing, or I have resentment to it. The real thing about it, and you can think about this too for yourself, is a lot of times we're saying yes, because we're afraid that if we say no of what people will think of us, we're afraid that someone's going to be upset or, you know, this comes up a lot for me now because some things that I feel bad about saying no to are just I'm not interested in. I'm like, well, they're going to think now that I have a big head or they're like, who does Jamila think she is? Right. These are all the little thoughts that sometimes come in my head. And that's one. That's my own insecurity or negative talk. Right. And this is what a lot of us do is like we're such people pleasers and we want to be liked. And if you think about it, this is, I mean, human evolution, like the more you're liked, the more you will get in the world typically, right? And so I think we're taught, especially from a young age, and especially if you're a woman, to be a people pleaser. And even if it goes against what you want to do, you say yes, because you're supposed to. But I think every time you do that, a little bit of you dies. And it's not serving the person that you're even saying yes to, because you're not even doing it with a full heart. So I've been making the decisions to if something doesn't feel right, or if it's really not something I'm excited about, just to say no. There's still some things, though, like I will say yes to just because I think even if it's uncomfortable, it's a learning experience. And I'll say I'll do it this one time and I'll see how I feel. And that way I know if I get approached for something again, I can say no. But it's really been liberating to actually just be like, you know what, this I don't have the time to do something or it just doesn't fit. And so being able to say no more often has been magical. So I actually encourage you to think about the things that you're doing right now that you don't have to or need to do. And then think about the reasons why you don't want to do them. Being scared or nervous because it's going to stretch you is different. So I still do things that scare the hell out of me and stretch me. 
But when it comes to things where I'm just like, no, like this does not feel good. Um, it's just not like I, I'm going to dread it. It's not necessarily about growth for me when I say no. It's more about I really just don't want to do it. So I would encourage you to really look at the reasons why you don't want to say no. Um, and if it's really based on more of what people will think, I think you should care more about what you think of your own self. So I wanted to share that because that has been a big change for me. And I can imagine that I'm actually going to probably be doing a lot more of that also in 2020. Okay. So I do want to share a little bit about the business and investing in myself. So I talked earlier about how since starting Journey to Launch and becoming an entrepreneur full-time, I have diverted investing in retirement accounts and other accounts to invest in really myself and the business. And I think literally like investing in yourself is priceless. Like it's to me better than investing in any index fund, any single stock, investing in yourself. And I mean by like, whether that's taking courses, getting mentors, joining communities, going back and getting a degree, whatever that means, right? Now I'm not talking about like getting a gazillion dollar degree of getting debt that you don't, you can't pay off. I'm talking about really taking the time to develop your skill sets and your mindset and your attitude. Like to me, that makes you more valuable than any stock market um, because then you can make decisions with the knowledge, with the confidence that you have and you can like, you can supersede any return that any other investment would have. So I've, also been making the conscious effort to invest more in myself this year. It will continue to happen in 2020. And it's also really, I feel like more authentic. So as I tell you guys that you need to invest in yourself, I think if I don't do that, like what kind of examples does that set for you? So I've been really on a mission to practice what I preach and show what it looks like. Okay, I wanted to share with you what and how much money Journey to Launch made and the expenses and how investing in myself has had a direct correlation with how much money the business has been able to generate. So in 2018, the business made about $29,000. So that's Journey to Launch as a business. Remember, the business, like what the business brings in is totally different than what I bring in. So in 2018, the business brought in $29,000. In 2019, the business, like as the time I'm recording this, has brought in about $78,000. And so my income for the business has more than doubled from 2018 to 19. And I want to share with you why it doubled um, quite or more than doubled, quite honestly. So in 2018, my expenses were only $17,000. And a lot of that was spent on contractors and some training. So when I had $17,000 of expenses, majority of that, about half was contractors. So that's people who I hired to help me edit the podcast, um, assistant, and just other contractors who help right run the business so that I have more time to work on the creative stuff and the vision. That was about 50%. And then I spent like 19% of that. So 3,400 on training. So not that much on training. So that was like classes or courses was about $3,400. And then about $2,400 on online service fees. This is all in 2018. So all overall, the business earned 29000 and I spent 17000 And a majority of that, like I said, was on contractors. Now in 2019, I mentioned that more than doubled um, the income for Journey to Launch. So Journey to Launch made 77000 which is amazing. But the expenses actually were 53000 So if you look at the comparison from 2018 to 2019, 
more than almost tripled what I was spending in the business. So even though I made a lot more, the business made a lot more in 2019, I also spent a lot more. And it's important to note that because like typically you might see like, oh, someone's like earning or the business is earning and they're making all this money, but what are their expenses? And so my expenses increased so much because I really took a approach on not focusing on profit this year, not focusing on how much I I would take home, but more focusing on investing in myself in the business. When you think about it, right? Like I spent $53,000 in the business this year. A majority of that was in education and training. So I spent 47% of that money. So $25,000 in education and training. I bought a membership program to help you how to to help you launch membership and how to run a membership because you guys know I have the Money Launch Club. So I wanted to learn how to properly run and launch a membership. So I invested in training for that. I invested in other business training. I also invested in a high ticket offer um which was a majority of that 25,000. I also invested a lot in contractors. So while I only spent about 8,000 in contractors in 2018, I spent $21,000 in contractors and fees to other people who are helping me with the business in 2019. Um, but it's a direct correlation, like how much I invested in myself, in training, in my business, in other people, right, to help me has directly correlated in why my business was able to earn so much more money. I know it gets scary, right? So part of this also is having a plan and sticking to it, no matter how scary things get, because I'm not going to lie, when I have to spend the money or invest the money, it's scary because... I'm thinking to myself, okay, great. I made, let's just say something I I did. I have a deal. It made $10,000. Well, when you think about it, 30% off the top, just you put away for taxes. And then what's left of that, you still have to pay for the overhead expenses of the business. And so oftentimes where, you know, yeah, the business made $77,000, like my take home is a fraction, if that, if there's a take home, a fraction of that. Um, so I think it's important to, as business owners, as entrepreneurs, where I'm like kind of still early on in the journey to share that. Cause I know a lot of you guys want to be entrepreneurs and full time, but it's also to understand like what that means. So don't, to, don't get caught up in the shiny objects and like flash headlines of people saying they're earning six figures. Because what the real question is, is how much are you spending? Like, what is your business expenses? Like, what are you actually taking home? Let's break this down. Making 77,000 in the business. When you take away the expenses, right? So if you just take away 77,000, 77,000 as my gross income minus 53,000 of expenses, that leaves me with about 25, um, $23,000. But that does not include taxes. And so I always put away 30% for taxes. Um, and so that's like just 7,500 that I'm putting away, like off the top after expenses at the end of the year. Well, I do this every time I get paid. So whether anything that makes a profit or gross income in my business, I put 30% away. So if a dollar comes into Journey to Launch, 30% goes into my tax savings account just so when it comes time to pay my taxes, I can pay it. And then everything else kind of gets siphoned out to the business expenses. But when you look at the overall big picture, making 77000 then spending 53000 about 25000 of that now is projected like profit 
before taxes. So you take 30% of $25,000 and now you have 7,500 that you owe to the government that I technically owe to the government. So that leaves me with 17,500. So technically, right? I just shared that I made or the business made $77,000. What goes to me is about 17,500. So I want you to like do the math here with me. I know there's a lot of math, but just listen to this. So if you take 17,000, 17,500 divided by 12, that leaves me with about $1,400 a month as my take-home pay. So I'm not taking home 77,000 or whatever. I'm taking home, if I choose to, which by the way, I have not, is $1,400. And what I've been doing, which has provided, like um, has been really beneficial to me, even though again, it's scary, is that I actually don't take money out of the business. While I put money aside as my income, as my owner's pay, I always keep it like in the bank account because I'm always ready and want to be ready at least for an opportunity to invest back in the business. So even though it says that I made uh, 17,000, like 500, that would be my, my prof, my net profit as my owner's pay. I actually don't take that out because I'm always reinvesting back into the business because oftentimes I have to spend money up front where, you know, there are a million things that I need or want to do. And I necessarily am not waiting until the money comes in. I'll just reinvest money that I could take out for myself back into the business. And so when you think about when I think about like what I left behind, right, and there's always going to be like the positives and negatives, but like coming from a job where I was like earning four times that amount a month, right? And not even working as much, quite frankly. Like you know, when you have a business, you're working a lot more hours. It's a lot more care and heart into it because you really, it's like another baby, honestly. It's like another child. I have like four children, um, not three. And Journey to Launch is one of them. But working as much as I work and doing as much as I do and then having only that be a fraction of what I made in corporate America, it's really easy like to see how it can get a little scary, right? But here's the thing. I'm fully confident that the track that I'm on is a positive one. Like it's trending in the right direction because I'm not afraid to invest in myself. I'm not afraid to put off like taking money out the business now to spend on whatever versus to put it back into the business to earn more money. So I wanted to kind of share because it's been a direct correlation. Like the fact that I spent so much more money in training has been a direct correlation to how much more money I made. And so some of you guys like right now may be thinking about like, okay, how do I get to the next level? Um, how do I, maybe if you're interested in starting a business or even if for your own personal finances, right? Like you are stuck. You've tried different things and you can't do it. And it's hard if you come from a thought process of that it's just spending money to help you. It's like not worth it because then you stay stuck. But once you start switching the perception of I'm going to actually be investing money because it's going to help me. It's either going to save me time or it's going to eventually make me money or it's going to provide some sort of positive impact to me. Then you have to want to make that decision to see if it's worth it. But for me, I've found that investing in myself, investing in my business has totally changed the game for me. And what's crazy is I feel like I'm really just scratching the surface. And so this is not to say that you have to take my strategy and invest all your money, right? And not take anything right for yourself. I'm in a unique situation where because we saved and we have a kind of a runway, we can afford to do this. And eventually, like, let's be clear, I'm going to start taking a salary from Journey to Launch eventually. Like, I can't do this forever. 
But I wanted to share kind of the more behind the scenes of thinking about starting a business and all the decisions you have to make and how it does get uncomfortable having, if you get money to have to really just put it back out. But it's not just putting it back out. It's really thinking about strategically, how can you invest money? Just like you're thinking about investing in a stock market or real estate, which are all great. You know, I'm all for investing, but how are you investing in yourself? So I did want to leave you with that because I do think investing in yourself is the greatest gift. And I know for me, 2019 has been an extraordinary year and I've only been able to withstand (laughs) all the ups and downs by one, trusting the process, but also investing in myself. And so that's buying more shares of myself. And for you, it means buying more shares of you because if you are investing in you no matter what, whether the markets crash, whether things happen outside of your control, because they always will, you have your own skills and abilities and those are priceless. Okay. So 2020, I hope you guys have started to think about what you want to do. I know I have, I have a lot of exciting things in the works that I can't wait to tell you more about. It's funny because my mom always says that a major things happen to me every two years. <laughs> so she says that 2020 is going to be my year. So she said to me, you know, every two years, major things happen because in 2010, I got engaged. In 2012, I got married. In 2014, I had my first child, Zach. In 2016, I had Luke. And in 2018, I had Blake. And so she says like 2020 is going to be an epic year in my career and business because um, just of the trend. So I'm looking forward to that, <laughs> seeing that happen. And I already see some of the signs unfolding. So I am so happy that you are on this journey with me, that you are here from the very beginning, from when you know I had no clue. So if you started listening from the very first episode a little over two years ago, wow, you really have seen my evolution and there's so much more growth to go. Um, so I can't wait to share that with you. Some things I'm looking forward to is that I am going to have a live show. So a live podcast show in New York City in 2020. So look out for that. There'll be more information. And it's probably going to be one of the bigger projects on my list of kind of like what I'm like doing. But there's going to be so, so, so much more. So to stay in touch, right? Again, I know it's Christmas. You might not listen to this. Maybe you listen to this weeks from now. But I'd love to hear your biggest takeaways or if you enjoyed the episode, what you really enjoyed about it. So at me on Journey to Launch on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. And if you have a business, so let's just say if you have a business or you're doing something that's a little scary, I want to like hear about it. I want to hear how you're planning, how you're investing in yourself, what you're planning to do in 2020 to take you from where you currently are to where you ultimately want to be. All right, that's all I had. Again, this is episode 132. If you want to um, check out the show notes, go to Journey to Launch dot com slash episode 132. And then as I said, I'm going to um, link some of the tools that I use for my personal finances in uh, the website at journeytolaunch.com slash tools. So you can check that out too. All right. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.